the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Let Us Reason, a Christian-Muslim dialogue with host Al Fadi. Let Us Reason is a unique show utilizing theology, apologetics, and evangelism to reach Muslims for Christ by comparing and contrasting Christian and Muslim doctrines. And now, your host, Al Fadi. Hello, everyone. Welcome, and uh, hope you're having a fabulous and a blessed Saturday. This is Al Fadi, and if you're tuning in right now, you are listening to Let Us Reason. And uh, we are going to continue today with our discussions concerning the, uh, the misunderstandings uh, regarding the doctrine of the Trinity, and at the same time, uh, showing that the opposite doctrine, the Islamic doctrine, which is called the doctrine of Tawheed, is actually not uh, what our Muslim friends would want to believe. They believe the doctrine of Tawheed, their own Islamic doctrine of monotheism, means that Allah is one in essence and one in person, when in fact the very word Tawheed itself does not mean that. And at the same time, we are going to take a journey today and show you what does the Quran say about the Trinity. With that says, let me always remind you that you can always go back to the archived episodes of this radio show, this podcast, uh, to a number of platforms. Uh, you can go to our website, sirainternational.com, and just click on Let Us Reason on the homepage, and that will take you to the archived shows. From the beginning, since we started it back in October of 2014, you can also go to iTunes and search for us over there, Let Us Reason. You can go to SoundCloud and search for us over there, and you can go to our brand new platform known as Omni Studio, O as in uh, orange, M as in Mike, N as in Nancy, Y as in yellow, Omni Studio. So these are the different ways you can always uh, go back and listen to uh, you know, some of the previous uh, shows, especially if it is a multi-part series, so it will give you context as to what is it that we covered last time. For instance, last week we talked about the doctrine of Tawheed and how the very doctrine of Tawheed that our Muslim friends think means God is an absolute one. Actually, the word itself means to unite, to consolidate, to unify, which means that you're not talking about one, talking about something, a group that you're unifying. Number two, the very word Tawheed is not found in the Quran. Why do I pick on this? Because our Muslim friends say the Trinity, uh, the word itself is not found in the Bible, and therefore there is something wrong with us thinking that there is something called the doctrine of Tawheed, as if the lack of the word itself uh, means that the doctrine is erroneous. Now, today I'm going to show you what does the Quran actually understand the Trinity to mean? The Quran, believe it or not, have a totally different understanding of what actually the meaning of Trinity is. For instance, 
let me make this case. If you are asked to uh, create an argument to refute someone's belief, it goes without saying that in order for you to make a solid, faithful argument, you must first understand fully what does the other person believe in or what do the other people believe in. And you need to get familiar with that belief, the terminologies used for it, and their own understanding of it. And then how can you now use in biblical grounds to refute it? Now, you would think the Quran, when it refuted the Trinity, it would have expressed complete knowledge of what the Trinity that the Christians at the time of Muhammad believed in. What was the Arabic terminologies used for the Trinity and also the Godhead in general? And why then that's contradictory for instance, to what, the, let's say, the Bible teaches. Because, you see, the argument the Quran always makes is that the Christians corrupted the teachings of Jesus. That's the number one. You know, it's not like they're saying, we don't like it because we believe it this way and you believe it that way. No, it starts by making claims that the Christians actually invented something that, in fact, Jesus himself did not. Okay, so if you go to chapter 5 of the Quran, for instance, and read verses 73 to 75, which I will read for you. Look what the Quran says about the Trinity. It says that the Trinity is the belief that Allah is a third of three. You heard me correctly. Allah is one third of three members. Okay? Now, let me stop right here. When did the orthodoxy of Christianity and the biblical teaching of the Trinity ever made a claim? that we worship three members and one of them is called Allah who is one third of these three members. If you can find me a single reference like this in the Bible, I'll be the first to admit that I am wrong and the Quran is correct. And here is what the verse in the Quran reads, chapter five, verses 73 to 75. It says, they surely disbelieve who say, lo, Allah, is the third of three. Inna allaha thalithu thalathatin. That's the Arabic transliteration of it. And continuing with the verse. When there is no God save the one God. In other words, how dare you make an claim that there is three gods when there is only one God. Folks, we in the Bible believe in one God. One God. Go to the Old Testament. Take a look at the Shema, for instance. In Deuteronomy 6.4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. Okay? And keep going all the way to the New Testament. The same doctrine of the oneness of God continues. Isaiah, for instance, from chapters 42 all the way to 48 makes a compelling argument that there is only one God that is worthy of worship, and that's our Lord Yahweh. And that's why it is surprising, really, to see that the Quran would make such a claim when, in fact, the, you know, the Gospels were around the Bible. There were at least 230 you know, biblical manuscripts around. Some of them were even full Bibles, okay? 
around the time of Muhammad. Uh, the book of Isaiah was in existence. You would think the God of Islam would know anything about Isaiah, given that the Quran claims that the God of the Quran is the God of the Bible. You see, you see where I'm coming from? That's what I mean by it seemed like the God who is supposedly saying these things in the Quran have no clue what the Christians believe in. So how can he even claim to be the God of these people, the Christians, who he is arguing that they have corrupted his own teachings through his prophet Jesus? Because what the, that's what the Quran says, that Jesus was only a prophet sent by Allah. And then the Christians followers after Jesus was taken up to heaven, you know, mind you, the Quran denies that Jesus was crucified or died or was buried or resurrected from the dead. Be it as it may, he was taken up to heaven and now his followers began to corrupt the teaching. You would think the God of the Quran should give us some compelling evidence of that, at least. Obviously, that's not the case. Let's keep reading. Let's keep reading what's uh, what this verse chapter 5 of the Quran verses 73 75 says it says when there is no God save the one God if they desist not from so saying a painful doom will fall on those of them who disbelieve okay so there's a threat now okay will they not rather turn unto Allah and seek forgiveness of him I mean, I don't really know why would the Christians turn to Allah for forgiveness when they are forgiven already, okay? They're already forgiven. That's what the purpose of what Jesus did in the first place, okay? That's why they're called Christians as followers of Christ, okay? Let's keep, uh, keep reading. For Allah is forgiven, merciful. We've already ex experienced the forgiveness and mercy of God and his grace. The Messiah, son of Mary, was no other than a messenger messengers the like of whom had passed away before him and his mother was a saintly woman and they both used to eat earthly food i mean it's you know look at the quran's argument i mean it's like because jesus ate earthly food somehow he's not divine he cannot be called god incarnate he cannot be uh, basically um uh, you know uh, be god who appeared in the flesh. I mean, uh, if, if this is not naive argument, I don't know what you would call it. And then it'll keep uh, going and the verse will say, see how we make the revelations clear for them and see how they are turned away. If this is a clear revelation, then I don't know what a, uh, a clear as mud would stand for actually, because this is as convoluted of a revelation right now as it can be. I don't have a clue what the Quran is talking about, nor where is it coming up with these false accusations against the orthodoxy of Christianity. Now, there might be some heretics that existed at the time of Muhammad who believed something like this, but that's not what the Bible teaches. In fact, we will be the first to say it is absolutely true that the Quran should call out these people if they are really claiming that there is a God who is one third of a three, because that's not what the Bible teaches. In fact, look at the how astonishing it is now in the same chapter, chapter five, where the Quran now will reveal to you two members, two additional members who are associated with Allah. Now it says one third of a three, right? Allah is the third of a three. So who are these three? We know Allah is one of them. Guess what? It is Mary and Jesus who are the other two. 
So that makes God the Father Allah, God the Mother Mary, and God the Son Jesus. Is that really what Christianity teaches? Where in the world did, did even the Quran get such an idea from? There isn't even a single verse that ever even mentioned Mary as part of a deity or a trinity, nor that the Bible ever claimed that she is divine to begin with, regardless of whether she's the second or the third member of the trinity. And here is where that verse in the Quran does this, uh, basically, um, accusation. It's in chapter 5, as I said, verse 116. Here's what it reads. And when Allah says, O Jesus, son of Mary, did you say to mankind, take me and my mother for two gods beside Allah? That supposedly this is going to happen on the day of resurrection, day of judgment. Why would Allah wait until then to ask Jesus this question? I mean, I don't understand it. Why does he have to wait until then, you know, to ask some, such, a, such a question? Then Jesus will respond and say, be glorified. It was in mine to utter that to which I had no right. If I used to say it, then you know it. I mean, I like this pun by Jesus. It's like, well, you know all things. I mean, why would you claim that I said something like this? I mean, it's kind of like Allah is asking, like, did you really do something like this, Jesus? Why would Allah didn't know that Jesus never said something like this about take me and my mother as gods? I thought he was an all-knowing God. Okay. And then Jesus will continue to say, you know what is in my mind, and I know not what is in your mind. Well, that's a false claim, uh, you know, basically a claim. That's kind of like a, an apologetic of the Quran against what Jesus says in Matthew 11, verse 27, he says, no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and whomever the Son chooses to reveal him to. Okay? And then Jesus will continue and say, lo, thou only you uh, has the uh, know all things that are hidden. This is chapter 5, verse 116 of the Quran. By the claim that a third of three, the Quran basically is vehemently making this condemnation against Christians by insinuating that the Christians took Allah, Mary, and Jesus as three gods, which pretty much that's not the historic belief of Christianity, nor that it is the biblical belief, basically, of the doctrine of the Trinity. Islamic scriptures never said, by the way, that it is those who call God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are disbelievers. It says those who call Allah, Mary, and Jesus as gods are disbelievers. In other words, the Quran didn't even address what the Christians actually uh, own definition of what Trinity is. The Trinity is God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. If the Quran at least addresses it that way, and let me say this, in Arabic, the word Trinity is Thaluth. This word Thaluth was never mentioned in the Quran. The members of the Trinity, what we call the persons, in Arabic, according to the Christian Arabs, the word is used for person is Iqnum. Okay? So for the father, the person of the father is say Iqnum al-Ab. For the son, Iqnum al-Ibn. For the Holy Spirit, Iqnum al-Ruh al-Qudus. None of these terminology, I thought the Quran was revealed in Arabic in a clear 
actually Arabic. So that's easy for people to understand. Well, I don't see a single reference to any of these uh, historical terminologies that are used basically by the Christians. I mean, you cannot go and make a claim against any group without using their own terminologies and saying, you believe this, 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 but I'm going to refute your argument. But to go and say, you claim this, 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 when in fact that's not what they claim, then what kind of argument are you raising anyway when you started already on the wrong foundation? And the foundation that you're starting off is not even their own foundation. You get what I'm trying to say here? The Quran doesn't make a sound argument because the Quran makes a false accusation. When you falsely accuse somebody and then you argue using your own fake news, okay, fake accusation, then your whole argument is laughable because you're just claiming that somebody said something and then you argue using your own false argument against that group. That's not a sound argument. That's a laughable argument. May I say this is a joke, actually. And it's surprising that supposedly it came from a God who knows all things. What things does he know if indeed he is a true God? This is why this idea of the Quranic Trinity actually doesn't serve our Muslim friends because it reveals to everybody that the God of the Quran apparently is not the true God because he doesn't even know simple terminologies that are used by the Christians in the first place. Now, that's why this is extremely important for us to always mention, <coughs> excuse me, mention to our Muslim friends that the Quranic argument against the Trinity is not really a sound argument. And now, uh, just in case our Muslims accuse us of misrepresenting the Quranic teachings on this subject of the Trinity, uh, you know, let's let's give you a glimpse uh, of what of the Muslim scholars. And I'm, by the way, I am also inviting you to use as a companion for my show here uh, the blog by my dear brother Sam Shimon. It is called AnsweringIslamBlog.wordpress.com. He wrote some fabulous articles, and he and I have been doing a lot of videos on this very topic because I want to give credit where credit is due because we are all serving together, serving the kingdom, and therefore we want all of you to have access to these fabulous resources. So Sam quotes one of the Islamic scholars by the name Sayyid Hussein Nasser, okay, in his writing called The Study Quran, okay, on page 267. And this is what Sayyid Hussein wrote. In addition to reaffirming the full humanity of Jesus, the present verse commands Christians to say not three. This is understood as a command to abandon the doctrine of God as Trinity. Here, they are merely told to refrain from asserting this doctrine as it is better for them. In chapter 5, verse 73, which we just read, Christians who call God three are more seriously criticized, but this verse is embedded in a larger discussion that seems to be addressing those Christians who took not only Jesus, but also his mother Mary to be divine, as in chapter 5, verse 73, clause number C. In both the present verse and 
in chapter 5 or 73. However, the orthodox doctrine of the Trinity as three persons or hypostatus within the one God is not explicitly referenced. And the criticism seems directed at those who assert the existence of three distinct gods, an idea that Christians themselves reject. Now, this is an honest scholar right here who is clearly stating that what the Quran is addressing is a totally different teaching than the orthodox teaching of Christian doctrines of the Trinity, the orthodox biblical teaching. You see, look what it says. The orthodox doctrine of the Trinity as three persons or hypostatus within the one God is not explicitly referenced in this context that I just read in chapter 5, verses 73 to 75. Even this Islamic scholar made the point very clear. So it's not even my point. Okay? The Quran's affirm, uh, affirmation of the Trinity um, with, you know, basically it makes, uh, you know, you know it's, it's shocking really to both Christians and Muslims that the Islamic revelation actually affirms the Trinity. However, it doesn't really discuss the real one. Okay, for instance, the Quran confirms that Jesus is the pre-existent word of God. See, the Quran, while it's attacking a false trinity, indirectly, it does affirm the true trinity. For instance, who is Jesus? Jesus is the word of God. And in John 1, 14 says, and the word became flesh. He is equal to God. He's the one that was born of a woman. Okay, born under the law. His name was Christ, our Lord. His name is Jesus Christ, okay? So, for instance, look at what the Quran says in chapter 4, verse 171. It says that, talking about Jesus, O people of the book, go not beyond the limits in your way of life and say not about God, but the truth, that the Messiah, Jesus, son of Mary, was a messenger of God, and his word that he cast into Mary. Notice. His word, the word of Allah, coming out of Allah, chair in essence, was casted into Mary and born out of it, okay, and a spirit from her. So believing God and his messenger and saying not three, okay, and that's exactly what the Christians never say. To refrain yourself from it, it is better for you. There is only one God, and that's exactly what the Christians believe in. So the Quran in chapter 4, verse 171 somehow got things confused. In verse 171 in chapter 4, it affirms what we believe in, that Jesus Christ is the Word of God. He's part of Allah, sharing in essence, born as a, a person, basically, Word became flesh. The Word became flesh. And here's another reading of the same verse. This one is translated by Palmer, and it reads this. O ye people of the book, do not exceed in your religion, nor say against God, I'd save the truth. The Messiah, Jesus, the Son of Mary, is but the apostle of God and his word, which he cast into Mary and a spirit from him. Okay? So this is basically what the Quran teaches. This is what the Quran teaches. Confusion. The Quran contradicts itself. 
makes false claims against the Christians when it comes to the orthodoxy of the Trinity, but at the same time affirms the true Trinity indirectly. And uh, as you can see, this is a deep topic. This is actually part two of our series that we're going through to basically expose the doctrine of Tawheed, the Islamic doctrine of Tawheed, and at the same time show the confusion, the Quranic confusion about the orthodoxy of the biblical doctrine of the Trinity. So either way, we would like to affirm the fact that when it comes to what the Bible teaches, sadly, the Quran never even came close to affirming the orthodoxy of that teaching concerning the Trinity. And I hope that enjoyed this uh, series, and uh, we look forward to having you again joining us next week. Until then, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel, Sierra International, become a Patreon patron, and you can support us with as little as $1 or as much as the Lord lays in your heart to keep us on the air and help us produce more and more of these shows. Until we meet again, have a blessed day. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.